Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Little Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Caroline, and we are just some pretty little sisters. <laughs> Ready to dive back in to the cultural phenomenon that was Pretty Little Liars. The just electrifying Seven series. years of my life, I'll never get back. And you're choosing to waste even more of yes. your years. Well, I rewatched Pretty Little Liars back in April, and I got through it in about three weeks, like the entire thing. And I texted Caroline and I said, did you ever finish Pretty Little Liars? Because the ending is truly a whirlwind that you just feel like you have to tell every single person you've ever met about because you just don't understand. I feel like there are a lot of people that watch Pretty Little Liars that didn't feel like they had to tell every single person <laughs> that they've ever met about it. But well, I did you didn't not. Even, you don't know how it ended. So no, I did not know what finish that was it. Like. I did not finish it, but that's going to make this journey even more exciting, I think. I agree. It's going to be tough to bite my tongue a little bit, but we're excited to dive in. We're, we're going to talk everything from the musical decisions to the fashion decisions. Lots about the fashion. And honestly, I'm remembering a lot more of the writing that was really just, it's so dated now Absolutely. that you're looking back on it. And I think also we're going to do a lot of focusing on just like the legality of it all and these storylines that these were supposed to be high schoolers. Yeah. And like they're only 24 hours in a day. Yes, I understand. This was sort of like inspired by Gossip Girl, the greatest show of all time. But this show is significantly worse. I, w I would say worse than Gossip Girl in terms of like what these people are always doing. Would you agree? Well, I just think it's more criminal. I, I think that in Gossip Girl... It's a little bit more appalling sometimes. Yes, Serena Vanderwoodson killed a man with cocaine. Yes, that was, I would say they're pretty much on par. Actually, now that I'm really thinking about some of the stuff that goes down in Gossip Girl. Okay, fair. But the, but the difference is that this was on like ABC Family. That is This true. was advertised yeah. as like for high schoolers about high schoolers. And I was like, oh, I'm going to like see myself on the Girl, screen. So is Gossip Girl. No, it wasn't for high school. I remember distinctly after I'd gotten in trouble for <laughs> watching Gossip Girl when my mom thought it was too inappropriate and I was driving down some road in not a flex, but Hollywood and, <laughs> and I was in eighth grade and like there was a bill, there were all, it was had just come out and there were all these billboards for Gossip Girl and one of them said, your mother's worst nightmare or whatever about the show. And that really like stuck with mom. And I don't think they were saying that about this show. I think they were like, well, parents certainly weren't happy about this show because for me, I remember watching the show as a young kid as your younger sister. Phoebe is six years younger than me. I think that's important to note for the podcast. I'm so 26. I was, she's 21. I was 10 when the show came out. And I would wait for Caroline to watch her DVR recorded Pretty Little Liars episodes. And I would go down to the basement and watch them. And I would stand an inch away from the TV, volume one. And at any noise in the house, I would turn it off immediately. It literally, same degree of like intensity and secrecy as if you were watching porn. Let's just say it. It's But it was Pretty Little Liars. But it was pretty, which as we've gone back, some of these scenes are like gossip girl level yeah. for ABC Family. And, and another moment for Pretty Little Liars was when it saw the transition from ABC Family 
to Freeform. Freeform, first of all, rocked my fucking world. Do not take, do not fix something that's not broken. ABC Family was not broken, but they had to do it because they were like, we're now releasing a show where like this girl's fucking her teacher, like this girl's fucking her sister's fiance. Like it's not a family show. <laughs> I At think all. maybe they like had a come to Jesus moment with that. Well, Phoebe, who would you say you relate most to on this show? And let's limit it to the four pretty little liars. Well, it's always been a toss up for me between everybody but Spencer. <laughs> um, really? Hannah, well, when Talk I watched me through this. <laughs> when I watched the show the first time, Aria was my favorite cuz I was also going through a, a pick me phase, I think. And yeah, I, I felt very I, I was, was in love with my English teacher. Not like other girls. Oh yeah. I felt artsy. You were. I w- <laughs> you were arguably not <laughs> like other girls. <laughs> Maybe not for the reasons Aria wasn't like other I wasn't reading. I, I didn't We'll read. post a photo of Phoebe at age eleven on Instagram and <laughs> um Hannah I related to, you know, and just She a, was blonde. Yes. And not the <laughs> brightest sometimes. Aw. You're smart in your own special way. Well, I think you could say the same for Hannah. She honestly pulls through time and time again. I mean, she show. does literally shoplift like Gucci sunglasses she in is, episode one. By the time you finish the show, you're like, Hannah is actually the smartest of the four of them. Spencer, get out of here. And Emily, I think I'm quiet and loyal. Like around people like Allie, I would be more like. Always have that smirk on your face. What smirk? You know the Emily oh, Shay Mitchell, Mitchell smirk. smirk. And like, let's be clear. No, no Shay Mitchell hate on this pod. She is Here's the, the thing. it girl. I she also want to get this out of the way. A lot of people in the discourse that Caroline's not familiar with, uh, they don't like Emily. They think she is bland and not a well-written character. You know? I really enjoy Emily's character. Maybe because... Maybe I'm bland. You are bland. <laughs> don't have a lot of character <laughs> development. No, 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 no. Okay, now should I say who I think you're most like? Or yeah. who, who you most relate to? I guess. Like, I feel like it's hard to, like, say any of these girls because you say one of their names and you immediately think of, like, the scandal. Or, like, the Right? That's, like, attached that to them. Done. Yeah. And it's, like, this podcast, we are going to look at them for, like, who they are as a person. We're not just looking at the awful things that they're doing or the scandals they're involved in. So like every time I think of like Aria, I'm like, fuck their teacher. And so it's hard for me to say that you remind me of her. She's a writer. That is who I would probably say you're the most like, just because you also are like brooding in your bedroom writing songs. That's so embarrassing. Oh, well. It is fair. I, well, who do you, who do you see yourself most in? I also had truly felt like when I was watching it, also felt very like like felt like I saw myself in Aria because everyone wanted to be Aria and I think, she was fucking her hot teacher but they also I mentioned this in my notes because a lot of people talk about how in the beginning episodes it seems like they're making Aria the main character of the show and she ends the theme song I honestly think they end up deciding Spencer is more of the main character well I think honestly part of that must have been necessity because Spencer is far and away the best actor on that show I, when yeah. she gets like insane. Oh my goodness. I mean, the acting that girl's doing. Not to mention the problematic aspects of that storyline for Spencer. Absolutely. But Troy and Belisario did what she could. All of these actresses did. And yeah, with Aria, I, well, I also was like Englishy. Like I, you know, majored in English in college. And I just thought for sure, like I was deep enough to have an affair with my English teacher. Never did. 
want that to be very clear on this pod. Never (laughs) did. Um, But also like big Spencer energy, big Hannah energy. I see you mostly now. I see you mostly as a Spencer. Yeah. But in high school and for reasons that we'll get into probably when you talk about Hannah Marin's fashion impact on millennials across the world. Um, I think Caroline was a Hannah in high school for sure. Should we just get into it? Should we just start with episode one and kind of walk through it? The goal is that whoever is listening to this does not have to rewatch. You absolutely can. We encourage it. We've done but it you like don't have to. three times this year probably. Yeah, Phoebe's wasted like so many brain cells on this show. We're not asking that of you, but um, we're going to try to make it so that you don't have to. And you can check our Instagram like when we're talking about specific like moments or outfits. We will not leave you in the dark on those because they need to be like brought back from the grave a la Allie DeLaurentis. And with that, here we go. Episode one. Okay, so scene one. We open. We open on a stormy night in Rosewood. Are you joking? Rosewood, Pennsylvania. I don't know if it was Rosedale or Rosewood. No. Rosewood, Pennsylvania. And what else would be playing but the iconic Don't Trust Me by 303? Primary lyrics, don't trust a hoe. I am absolutely certain. Okay, like I know when people film shows and films, whatever, they film like out of chronological order. This scene absolutely was the first scene these girls shot together. For sure. And I think they needed it. They probably needed this the most. They could have probably rehearsed it a few times, like done some done this in real life to like bond a little bit before they did this. I understand that like there was an insane age difference between these girls. Like Allison is 13, 13 when she films this. And then how old is Spencer? Because I think she's the I oldest, right? Shoyan is 24. 20, 10 years older. Imagine having to be bullied by a 13-year-old. And not to mention, Sasha walks into that barn and immediately is a better actor than every single person in there. But also I have to say, controversial opinion, it's easier to act mean. I'm not an actress, so I don't. Right, right, right. You wouldn't know. I, <laughs> as the resident actress, will tell you it's easier, I think, to I act. I think it's easier for you to act mean. Oh, my God. Okay, fair. <laughs> I think also for, I don't know, whatever. I think it's it's harder for Spencer to do the acting that she does consistently throughout this series. Am I in love with Spencer? <laughs> than Allie does. Well, that, like, no, that's fair. And Allie do, Allie's acting does not necessarily maintain this level. And she's but- got these, like, stinging biting lines that I think really make her like but stick she out like you remember like it would her. be so easy for her as a 13 year old to come into that room with those 20 year old actresses and be not as convincing as she is but she walks in there I think we have to say some of the awful things she says because one of our biggest takeaways while re-watching the show is that Allie is a monster <laughs> like Absolutely. she genuinely is the girl that your mom would be like please stop hanging out with her like she's the reason you're in therapy Yes, and for those of you like me who finished the show out, was dedicated to giving me absolute to the fandom. Um, you'll remember that well, by the time the show was over, we loved Allie, and Allie was really a kind person. She had a great redemption arc, and then I remember rewatching this and watching the first episode, and being so appalled. By the things that Allie said that we were just meant to completely forget. But we should talk about some of the things that Allie says. So, like, the first thing I would say, she walks in. Hannah immediately asks her, Allie, did you download the new Beyonce? Which is some of the writing we're talking about that is, like, (laughs) 
They're like relevancy, relevancy. How do we make like girls have like they're having a real conversation after drinking? Like what's the most insane thing? Have you downloaded the new Beyonce? It's like got to be the most pressing thing on her mind. And Allie, too cool for school, says not yet. And M then says, I am loving her new music video. And Allie hits back. Doesn't miss a beat. Maybe a little too much, M. Absolutely horrifying. And Lucy Hill looks over like, yeah, bitch. I agree. And Hannah <laughs> Hannah looks into her popcorn. Hannah, who is 130 pounds. Hannah, who literally, like, I can see her collarbones. Like, like truly, they, these writers said, ah, it's a hefty Hannah scene. Let's throw her <laughs> in a sweatshirt. Let's put her in, like, a couple layers. Like, we're yeah. just, like, she or, absolutely just does not look happy. Put her hair in a low pony. Just, like, we're going to pull her hair down a little bit around her face so you can't see her bone structure. We're going to put her in, like, a T-shirt that's not tight. We're going to put her in, like, a sweater as well. And then that is hefty Hannah. And that's enough for us. But they do her dirty later, I would say. I agree. And the Sean flashbacks. Oh, we'll get to goodness. that. We'll get to that. But that I think is the first thing that Ali says that really, like immediately, we all should have been like, okay. It's so awkward. There's no music playing throughout the entirety of the scene. And there's so much fake laughing, this forced laughter. Where they're like, you're just having a good time with your friends. You are drinking. You're partying. It's almost right before school. You girls are like living your best lives. You're listening to 303. Just is a very uncomfortable first scene of an entire series. Allie goes missing. Spencer shows up. It's fully, Immediately sus. It's fully pouring outside. Spencer is completely dry, just got a blowout, wearing an argyle sweater vest over a starched white button-down collared shirt. And she says, Allie's gone. I think I heard a scream. And she says it as calm as she possibly could. And she's talking to Aria, who, upon when all the girls wake up, they say, where's Allison? Where's Spencer? First thing she notices is that Allison is gone. Aria walks up, is fully looking at Spencer with a flashlight in her hand, and says, Allison? Yeah. Allison, is that you? Spencer's like, I have dark brown hair, olive <laughs> skin, brown eyes, whatever color eyes she is. I'm wearing a I'm wearing a bright red Argyle sweater vest. And the ugliest jeans you've ever seen in your whole life. But I must be Allison, who is blonde and wearing a yellow shirt. <laughs> the I icon- digress. The iconic yellow shirt. Yes. We gotta move into probably the most dramatic thing that could happen in the first five minutes of a television show on ABC Family. We meet Arya Montgomery. We meet Mr. Fitz. And we meet Mr. Fitz. <laughs> we meet him. I I really think we need to like dissect this bar scene because number one, Aria decides to go to the Hollis Bar and Grill at 4.15 p.m. and sit at the bar as, how old is she in this scene? 16. Okay, she's 16. She's like, well, I just lived in Iceland for a year and there the drinking age is 16. So I can sit at the bar. Sits right at the bar. Bartender's fully like doing something. Didn't ask your order. She's like, can I have a cheeseburger? She's like incredulous. She's like, hello. At 4.15. Like that's an awkward time to eat a cheeseburger. It's also, one might argue, an awkward time to just be sitting at a bar drinking bourbon reading. Reading. I Yeah, alone. It's it, Clearly it's not like a trendy bar that like everyone goes to or like. Or maybe it is just not. At 4.15 on like a, like a Sunday because school starts. Tomorrow. I think the next day. Yeah. Correct. Also, yeah, brother, you're starting your first teaching job tomorrow teaching English at a high school. Shouldn't you be like preparing? Doing your fucking lesson <laughs> lesson plan? Like running your lines? Yeah, like truly, why are you you're gonna be hungover tomorrow? So already questionable personal life for a teacher, I would say. Yeah. And would it gets say. 
even worse. <laughs> yeah, we've let me just say, ten year old Phoebe standing an inch away from the TV <laughs> to the TV screen. She's like, this is what it's like when you're 16. She, I, she couldn't have been happier to watch oh that scene God. a million times. Well, so then, you know, obviously seeing this beautiful waif of a girl order <laughs> a cheeseburger at 415 sitting at the bar alone makes Ezra Fitz crazy. And he has to say something. She definitely gives not like other girls pick, pick me vibes. Me, such a pick me girl. Yes. I mean, but it's we were still rooting for her. And I was rooting for them. We were rooting for them. It absolutely was. The chemistry between Ian Harding and Lucy Hale was unlike anything. Did they ever, like, date in real life? No. Okay, I do. I have gone through his Instagram, like, extensively. And he, like, posts about her all the time. They're still friends. And he's still friends with Shay Mitchell as well. I feel like he thinks they're better friends than maybe they are. Because he didn't really go, like, anywhere after the show, correct? No, and he did go to CMU for acting. He has some of the best acting training in the show. Fun fact. Damn. Yeah. He's a good actor. Yeah, I would agree. He talks to her. What is the first thing he says to her at the bar? You are right down there. Oh, yeah. Okay, perfect. So he's he's nurturing. He's caring. He's already giving us this, like, older man caregiver vibe, which is absolutely what she likes about him, saying, you are right down there. Well, she's she's actually not all right, Ezra, because she's looking at a picture of her dead best friend. Doesn't know she's dead at the moment. Would be 16 <laughs> is what the sign says. Like, it's like the most dramatic. That's the thing. After someone's been missing for a year, they're not like front page on the newspaper. Sad to say. They're just not. Allie takes up the entire front page of like the Rosewood Tribune or whatever. It's that or like the Rosewood Observer. Not yeah. to be a super fan, but I do think yeah. it's Observer. Okay, we've already gathered that you're a super fan. <laughs> um, anyway, then she very swiftly mentions that she's just you know, been in Europe. And that is so hot to Ezra because he probably studied abroad. He did. He mentions it. He yeah, said, but he's like, I lived there. I spent there. some time in Reykjavik before. Let's be clear. Why Why were you there? You were studying abroad. I hate when people are like, I'm so well-traveled. It's like you did a semester like in Italy. Like Aria fully lived there with her family, which Ezra would have found out if he had not been talking about himself. Well, but I also think Aria does a lot of talking about herself. Fair enough. He's like, I just graduated from, or I'm starting my teaching job tomorrow. And she goes, I, I think I'd like to teach. It's like, he did not ask you <laughs> that. He didn't say like, what do you want to do? He's like, I'm teaching. You could have said like, what are you teaching? I could give her a million questions. She could have asked him. But you know what? I could have taught he her how to her, flirt, but I guess I didn't need to. <laughs> he asks her another question and she starts her pretty little lying. I don't know that she lied. Okay. I don't know that she lied. Is this for real? She absolutely did. He said, what's your major? She says, I'm leaning towards English, which when you're 16, you do know what you're leaning towards in college. But you also fully know that you don't she, have a major. She wasn't fully telling the truth, but she didn't say my major is English. She did not. She says, I'm leaning towards English. Okay, you sound like Aria when she's talking to us later on. I'm gaslighting you. <laughs> right? Okay, Aria is the gaslighter. Maybe. Wow. Maybe they all are a little bit. We'll get into that. Anyway... That just turns Ezra on so much that he has to scoot two full bar stools closer to her. Which, Absolutely. like, with his book, he couldn't leave that behind. Yeah, they've been talking for fifteen seconds. He's he, got the book just yes. in case, like, she gets boring. He'll have to open it up again. Let's go back first. She's she says, "I'm leaning towards English." 
But I write too. Oh, of course. Bruh. He also didn't ask you that. Writing is fully part of English. <laughs> like when you take English classes, like writing is like one of the main components, I would say. So like that you didn't need to say. And then she's like, but it's really just personal stuff. Like for me, like don't ask to read it. She doesn't say don't ask to read it, but it's fully important. Oh, absolutely. Which means that she absolutely wants him. He's like, she's like, we're close now, but we're not that close. And he's like, well, maybe you'd let me read it. He's sometime. like, what if, what if we went in the bathroom? I put my tongue right down your throat. Would, would we be close enough then for you to let me read and your she's diary? Like, Hell yeah, we would. She's Ezra. like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Which honestly, I can't say I would have been like, let's have, but I'm, what I'm missing from the show is the interim between being at that bar and getting into the bathroom. Like what happened that I want, I want the journey to the bathroom. And I also want to know what the fuck does that bartender think? Because it's not like they're in like a crowded bar where no, they like they're met the and only they're people like, oh, in there. we need to go somewhere quiet. I think there's like a lone man like playing pool in the corner. Probably. Just practicing. Just like ambiance. But like I want to know and how it progressed they it's not so like, fast. It's also not like they were like hammered and were like no. stumbling to the bathroom. No. It's like, I don't know. And also, I mean, I have to say like the way they're kissing is as if like They've just like reignited. They're they're so in love. They're like I think six months into their relationship. That's how probably. they got us rooting for them. We were like, oh my god, they, had really? they are twin flames. Yeah, they had some significant chemistry. I mean, that's how they got us. They're just right away like each girl gets a scene where it's like just shock value, shock value, shock value. They made out. It was hot. It was everything to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was everything to me. As they an made out, it was hot as fuck. And we just ate that shit up. We couldn't wait for more. And now introducing the it girl. Hannah Marin. Hannah Marin. Okay, so I think we have to start with just the absolute travesty that were sunglasses in like the 2010 yeah. time Not frame. a sing- She's trying out approximately 16 sunglasses right now and... They're hang- I remember like, you know how every trend has like the moment where people start wearing it and you're like, I don't know about that. And then like yeah. everyone's wearing it. I had a long pause before I fully bought into the like bug eye sunglasses. If you guys remember these sunglasses that girls used to wear and, and Hannah's got like these pink rimmed, truly like spherical like bug eye. toned. Yeah, they're awful. Okay, so then we see Spencer from afar. Spencer, she's could giving mis- mistake her for Sarah Palin, Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> yeah, she is giving like first lady, like presidential candidate. However, we go up. Hannah is like, we haven't spoken in a year, but I totally feel comfortable approaching you in the mall and rattling off your entire resume and capping it off with in your leisure time, you Facebook and tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs> so, and Spencer goes, you know me. I like to stay busy. And Hannah goes, <laughs> it's called a summer vacay, Spence. <laughs> they haven't spoken since their best friend disappeared. Yeah, the lingo. Which actually, Hannah is still having like a fun combo with Spencer. And Spencer goes, so did, did, you, you, see, did you see the paper today? <laughs> Spencer, Debbie fucking down her. <laughs> <laughs> like Spencer's like, my job here is to harsh the fucking mood, Hannah. <laughs> Our friend's been missing for a year and I might have had something to do with it. <laughs> did you see the paper? Literally, it's... It's, but they do insinuate later in the show that like Hannah and Spencer have like maintained a little bit of contact. Maybe it's not they do as weird because when we'll get to this when we get to this scene. But when Hannah walks into the classroom and sees Arya and Emily in the back, yes, it was like she ice is like cold. an eye roll, like like Allison level, truly Allie looking at like Mona. 
yes, when like Allie was alive. Major, like, like the audacity. And then Spencer walks in and it's like, hey. Yeah, they give a little away. But they did just talk the day before. So it's like, yes. would be weird if they didn't say hi. I understand right. that. Um, I do have a major, major bone to pick okay. with Spencer. Fair. Over the outfit, she decides she's going to pick out for Melissa's, what, engagement party? Not It's just dinner where they're meeting Ren. Okay. Which she's about to have a lot of fun. She's about to have a lot of fun. And and something that this scene tells me, Spencer's like, I have to buy a new outfit to meet Melissa's boyfriend. It's like, no, you don't, Spencer. You're extremely wealthy and you have the wardrobe of a 40-year-old woman. So you don't need to buy something new. You're fine. The reason you want to buy something new is because you want to look good because you have a history of fucking Melissa's boyfriends. Let's just call a spade a spade, Spencer. Melissa's boyfriend who Melissa is six years older. Yeah, it's illegal. Spencer. Like when we don't talk about that. That's what they're not talking about. Is that like yes, Spencer kissing these men? Like these men are predators, and, and we need to be talked about to see the difference. Obviously, Ezra's a teacher. Yes, but, but even so, they don't villainize him. At least in the earlier episodes, the way they should. They don't acknowledge that these men are actually yeah pedophiles. It's like, not it's just not a scandal. Like, it's not like Melissa's a senior in high school. Exactly. This is not a scandal. This is a crime. Let's yeah. just like. Keep that in the back of your heads. And then these know. characters are recurring. Absolutely. They, Ren no is in the show punishment. for seasons. They're like, the only bad thing you can do in this show is kill someone, and even then, maybe not. So anyway, Spencer's like, I'm going to purchase this like starched white button-down collar shirt, a size too small so my boobs like pop out. And that's her idea of like a sexy outfit. She's probably got 15 of those shirts in her closet at home. Literally, Hannah sees her one. pick it up, walking over to the cashier, and her eyes roll so far out of her head. Honestly, when she sees it. Hannah Marin, chaotic good. Hannah's a great friend. She saved the day. I know Emily's the quote unquote loyal one, but I think Hannah. I takes think Hannah's pretty loyal. I'm not gonna lie. Hannah understands loyalty because she wasn't always the yes, it girl. That is such so a good means point. Something different to her. Yes. And I think that's you know so that gets like, the heart of these characters. Spencer, I'm not going to give you a reason to be made fun of by people. Yeah, Spencer, Let's I'm not going to this... let you be in that situation, yeah. even though we haven't spoken in a year. Yeah. Oh, I love Hannah. I God, God bless Hannah. Hannah Marin. Is this a Hannah Stan pod? It absolutely is. Ashley Benzo, we love you. Yes, forever and always. First day of school. First day of school, and Emily's introduction. Lackluster. Three seconds tops. And she <laughs> gets is, shit on. This is Arya's second introduction, essentially, is what it feels like. Emily is giving supporting character vibes because she's like, let me give you the backstory on everyone, yeah. main character Arya. You know? Literally. And Arya fully is like, we're not fucking friends. Yes. Yeah, so Emily goes, it's so weird. We even talked. She goes, well, we kind of <laughs> lost touch, Emily. <laughs> we're not. If I were Emily, I'd be like, okay, fuck me. And I'd like walk in the bathroom and cry for a little bit. So they're walking into school talking about Allie. But we do have to mention the drop off. Oh my goodness, so I forgot. Arya's father, Byron, who is just so creepy. Creepy to me. He's like And I think he'd be creepy without his yeah, storyline. Yeah, it says also he just acts weird. I don't know. Yeah. But he's like yet again, we're like ten minutes into the show bringing up his affair. He's like obsessed the, with it. Yeah, he's obsessed, he is with, obsessed his affair. with it. He's so paranoid. But he doesn't seem sorry. He's Let's also be like, clear. he's worried about oh, Arya sure. tattling. He's yes. not worried about like, I did something wrong. He's also like, let me send my 16 year old daughter into her first day of 
sophomore year. After with, a year away. With this horrible thing to think about as she walks in. Imagine how many times. And her friend is missing, probably dead. How many? Well, he's not thinking about that because he's selfish. Oh, right, right, right. How many car rides did we have with like mom or dad going to school and like you get in a fight or like they bring something up or like God forbid they say something about your outfit or something <laughs> and you're just like you get out of the car like absolutely furious and like the rest of your day is just it's like just really messed up. That's what he just did to her on the first but, day. But about her about like a genuine making like, her, making Arya feel guilty and stupid for catching him cheating yes, on her mom. Yes, he's. Oh my god, so much gaslighting! It's, oh it's my god, gaslighting! It's our buzzword for this. Gaslight gatekeep, girl boss. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> oh, we've got some girl bosses. We're in definitely this show. gonna have to. Cece like, Drake, I'm looking at you. Um, but yeah, I think with him, like, it's classic like man child bullshit. Like, I'm gonna run away from my problems instead of like facing the fact that like I cheated on my wife with my student and my daughter. I've now put my daughter in a very like adult position. That it's like not fair to her at all. And I'm keeping this giant secret from my wife. And like I'm living a lie basically. So I'm going to take my entire family away. Uproot their lives for an entire year. Mm -hmm. We're going to go to Iceland. So I can get as far as fuck away from this thing I did. Instead of actually being like I fucked up. Because he can't control his actions. Yeah. Like try to be better. Don't like literally ruin your whole family's life for a year. Bring them back. And you're in the exact same place you were when you started. Yes. So Arya's day is ruined. She then yeah. is walking into school with Emily. God, what a day for Arya. Truly. They're talking about Allison. Can't believe it's been a year. Emily goes, well, we know she's dead, right? <laughs> Emily, ruthless. And Arya is like, and good for her. She's fully giving Arya the lay of the land. Just so you know, Hannah and Spencer are still friendly. Yes, Hannah just rolled her, rolled her eyes at us. We're not friends. Hannah's a new it girl. Mona's her new best friend. Mona went through a major makeover. Arya also kind of rudely comments about how much better Mona looks. Absolutely. Mona walks in. Emily goes, where there's Hannah, there's Mona. And <laughs> Arya screams across this small classroom. That's Hannah? <laughs> That's Mona? Oh, whoops. <laughs> but later on, Ella, Mo Mona? Ella Montgomery goes oh, in on yes. Hannah Mara. So, we'll like, get mother, there. Like daughter, for sure. We'll for get sure. there for sure. Yeah, but so then we have Mr. Fitz. His back is turned. He's wearing a vest. Lots of vests in this show. But he does what Matthew Morrison never could in Glee. What's he that? Oh, he wears a vest real well. Oh, <laughs> yes. I would have done anything for Ezra Fitz. Here's how you know Ezra Fitz is actually just, or Ian Harding is so hot because Matthew Morrison played a teacher who gave you the creeps but never fucked a student. Ezra Fitz plays a teacher who doesn't give you the creeps but fully was like having sex with a 16-year-old and we prefer Mr. Fitz. We fought for him. Yeah, correct. If we hadn't liked Ian Harding, it totally would have panned out the way the books yeah, did. Yeah, they took, I mean, they are lucky. They took a full leap of faith. Not that, like, I think it was a risky choice, but, like, they just really, like, got lucky with how good that worked out. However, I kind of feel bad for, like, Arya as a character that she never got to, like, have the growth of, like, well, I don't yeah. know, but, like, moving on from him where, like, that would have been an empowering thing for this girl who was actually being taken advantage of, but we don't talk about that. He writes his name on the board. He turns around. Arya's looking at her phone, getting a text. We will soon find out is from A. She looks up. Mr. Fitz is staring at her with a full-blown erection. We don't see it on camera. We know it's there. But it has to happen because he does not have the self-restraint to I mean, just internally process what he's seen instead in front of a classroom of 16-year-olds. Like mouth, 
hinges open. Holy Every crap. single student. Yeah. It's, yeah. Literally says, holy crap. Like wh- what? And stares at her. If I was one of his. Yeah. So like, wait a minute. <laughs> Even if. Like, no student was like, oh, my God, I wonder if they made out in a bar yesterday. <laughs> Even if, like, no one thought that, they'd be like, he, like, thinks she's hot or something. Which They'd I, be like, is that your daughter? It like, why are you saying that? It would have been the first thing my friends and I would have talked about when we got out Absolutely. And they would have told their parents. And their parents would have been like, that's a little weird. And someone would have called the oh, principal. For sure. I'm shocked Hannah Marin didn't call the police. Anyway, it's absolutely shocking the way he reacts and it's it's a lot it's like 10 seconds of that yeah which is a lot and then Ari looks down at her phone and what does she see let's just see what it says the i guess the first scene is ever in our first a text says maybe he fools around with students all the time a lot of teachers do just ask your dad a wow my god okay yeah so it would have definitely here's the thing okay if A is sending Aria this text, it would have to be somebody that saw Aria's dad in the car that day. And we know there are only three people that saw that because that was the whole thing is Aria didn't tell anyone else. You know, we see Byron and his student Meredith making out in the car. Ali says, is that your dad's car? Aria's like, oh my God, yeah. So like they both see it, but like Mona's in that scene too. So like there are three people that could have seen this happen unless we want to include Meredith in this for some reason. So we can conclude that that A has to be one of them and we know it's not Aria. Maybe it's Ali. That's the idea they're definitely pushing. For sure. Okay, so enter Emily and... Her mother, now Mrs. I Fields. am a Pam Fields stan. Interesting. Tell us about that. Well, <laughs> obviously, I didn't start as one. She's not likable at all in the beginning, <laughs> but by the end, she really comes around, and she's definitely okay. Well, no spoilers in this moment, though. Are you a Pam Fields stan? No, but it is hard for me. Okay, to say that. Okay, so there's there's hope. She, yes. Now, some of the things that Pam Fields is saying just remind me so much of our mother, but especially the part where she says, I just never understood why they let their kids, what did she say, act like adults or like do whatever they want? And all because Arya has like a few strands of pink hair. Which, funnily enough that we're saying this about our mom, our mom did let us dye our hair with Kool-Aid. But- she did. She let me dye my hair with, with actual hair dye. That's a shocking. I had like a events. streak right behind my ear, and that I would was change. Real. Yeah, and I would change oh. the color like every month. Oh, and it cost me ten whole bucks to change the color, and I that is <laughs> so. Anyway, you could say I was kind of edgy. Need to need to talk about Emily's response to this, which Emily's was, bitter. Emily says something that I don't agree with. She which says, I, if I were her mother, I would say, you know nothing. If Pam were our mother. I'm shocked Pam didn't say this. Yes. When, our, when Emily says, well, because they treat their kids like they're equals, not their property. Okay, number one, if I said that to my mother, I, I, would, I would be like sleeping. The day. I'd be sleeping in the shed. Like I would be, actually, she'd probably be like, I will hang you from the ceiling fan by your toenails, <laughs> which is like her favorite thing to say. But truly, like, no, your kids are not you're equals. I'm sorry. I don't agree with that. Children have no money. They have no money. They have toys. But we do have to talk about how the scene ends with Emily and her mother. At this point, we don't know Emily's big secret. I think I knew. Really? Is it not obvious by like the past 17 minutes of the show that she likes girls a little? Like, uh, I didn't think it was. Really? Um, okay. First scene, Allison DeLaurentis says, maybe you're liking the new Beyonce video a little too much, Em. And Emily looks mortified. Well, that's fair. But I don't it's know. Fair. Anyway, we aren't totally aware. 
The scene ends. Pam Field says, letting your kids run around looking like a goth <laughs> won't get you very far in Rosewood. And Emily responds, some of us don't dream of making it in Rosewood. The melodrama, chef's kiss. Some of us dream of making it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what? Zero points. Zero points across the board for Emily Field's. Shay Mitchell trying to hide that she's a Canadian. No, not at all. Yeah. 100 Does she have an accent coach? Like, I know it's I think the they pilot. Were like, oh, but. close enough. And they were filming this in Vancouver. So I think that could have, maybe she was just around a lot of her people. I don't know. I don't know. When you're hired to do a job, I just think, I think you do she it. She should have lived in Rosewood, PA for a minute. Exactly. So anyway, let's get to the exciting part, which is Maya St. Germain, AKA, AKA New, New Girl. Girl. So what do we think of Maya off the bat? She's a lot. She's a lot. And I do uh, just the same treatment that we had for Pam of not knowing what we know now of Maya. Because I love Maya in the end. She's one of my favorite people for Emily. But in the beginning, she she's just a little much. Too much. She's too much. She comes out. She's wearing a vest. You know how I feel about all the fucking vests in this <laughs> show. And she asks Emily if Emily will help her like bring the boxes in because she's moving into Allison's old house. She's like, is that outrageous for me to ask you? And Emily says, yes. And I'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for Emily to say, I'm just kidding. But we find out Emily does not have a sense of humor. And she says, but I'll help you. Yeah. Do you know how I would feel if I was the recipient of that? If I was like, would you mind helping me? But you're me? nothing like Maya, which is why I think they're perfect for each other. Because Maya's like okay, thank you. not afraid of like, she's what very, I think, think she's exactly what Emily needed yeah. at this point in her life. I mean, she's much better than Ben, but we'll get to that. The bar's on the floor. The bar's ben. on the floor. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Anyway. So we go into She Allie's. does fully smoke pot in Allie's old room, which yeah. it seems sacrilegious, but I love it. I'm here for it. Yes, girl. And I can't help but think Emily partakes. Maya's like, do you want to? Emily's like, yeah. I'm like, Emily, you just said you're a swimmer. I bet you get drug tested. What are you thinking? It's that I'm thinking about the things no one else is thinking about. They should have had me in the writer's room. They, well, you would have been a Debbie Downer for sure. I would have made it more realistic. And we wouldn't have had a show for seven seasons. Okay, that <sighs> harsh, harsh as fuck. <laughs> um, I don't think we ever see her actually do it though, so. Yeah. Loser. That was a little too much for ABC Family, but sleeping with your teacher wasn't. <laughs> Fully. Pedophiles were absolutely up for grabs, but do not show them smoking pot. No, please. So I'm troubled by something in this next scene with Spencer and Ren, and it's this. We must acknowledge that what Ren and Spencer are doing is not worse than what Mr. Fitz and Arya are doing. I think that, yes, absolutely. Like, and, and it kind of treated, treated like it's different. It's not. Anyway, okay. Back to Melissa. She is... Jackie O. She is in the their backyard. perfect older sister character. She's... I mean, the acting is perfect. She does it perfectly. Absolutely. But Melissa's the, the worst character ever. Yeah, she sucks. But the one thing that's like not realistic about it is that she would be with someone like Ren when he comes out of the barn and meets Spencer in their backyard. He looks... Literally, like he has the suds. It's really unfortunate. I think you put it the be the best is that he looks like a little a kid, kid who woke up with a cold. His yeah. nose is red. His hair is like all like fucked up. I Bags think they probably his eyes. Yeah, they probably thought his shirt's like wrinkled. He looks awful. Mm -hmm. I mean, Melissa would would never be okay with that. And that we should have known right right then, right there. It was not. Yeah, Melissa not weren't gonna last. But he's a doctor, so everyone's thrilled. Right, everyone's thrilled. Everyone... Except for Spencer in the scene. She completely ices Ren out. She's just found out 
that she does not get to stay in the barn that she spent the entire summer renovating. Which absolutely justified. I would be pissed. I would kiss her boyfriend too. Well, I don't know that I would do that. Anything to get back at her. Anything. I think that probably says a lot about our sister relationship right there. Um, However, we do get Spencer Hastings. I'd say this is like the the Spencer Hastings quote. It comes out throughout the show a few times, but this is the first. Does she say it more than once? Yes. Wow. Okay, so we're setting a theme. We got a motif. Okay, so we're just going to do a quick role play right now. I'm going to play big sister. Obviously, you're going to play little sister. I am Melissa Hastings. You're Spencer Hastings. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. I was hoping you'd be happy for me. Well, you know what they say about hope. It breeds eternal misery. And scene. That exchange. And I think it's also important to note that while Spencer says hope breeds eternal misery, she is looking <laughs> directly <laughs> at Ren. Future husband who she's supposed to spend eternity with looking she's right at him. Delivering a message from God. Yeah. Ren. If you marry this woman, you will be miserable for eternity. One other thing about that moment between them is that I don't understand why Melissa would even hope that Spencer would be happy for her after the last boyfriend, which we'll learn about. Dun, dun, dun. Ian. Ian. The worst, the worst of the worst. However, why the hell would Melissa think for a second, Spencer, why would they move into the barn in that like close proximity to Spencer, knowing the relationship, the volatile relationship Melissa and Spencer have, and Spencer's history with Melissa's boyfriends. It seems honestly like Melissa did this to herself. That, but also, why would the parents be like, yeah, Spencer, you spent the entire summer working on this barn so you could live in it for your junior year, and we're not even going to tell you that Melissa's moving in. But also, there's a really unequal sibling dynamic here, which is that Melissa is the favorite and the oldest, and Spencer is the youngest and not the favorite. No, not at all. So that's that's honestly not realistic. That's the least realistic part of this entire show, <laughs> I would say. So fast forward a few hours. We're at dinner. And Spencer what do we see? Is, Spencer's in the top that Hannah did pick out for her. Yes. She's brooding. She's, she's reading to kill a mockingbird. She's reading. She's underlining every word with her finger so she doesn't lose her spot. She's three pages into the book. She can't fucking read. Anyway, (laughs) we see a mysterious hand just ashing a cigarette in. So rude, by the the way. So rude. And you think no one's gonna find that when the maids go out to water. And you don't even you don't even think to like you're you're six feet away from Spencer. You don't notice that she's there. That's a really good point. You don't think she's gonna smell it. You don't see like it's his back turned towards her, and she's so engrossed in the book she won't even look up and see it him. It takes time to smoke a cigarette. So like you've been standing there for a minute. He's probably so stressed. He's just sucking that shit down. Fair enough. Anyway, so they start talking, flirting. Spencer's crossed a line from the first goddamn second. Yeah, she looks at him like she is ready to have his children. Literally, and she like looks up at him from her book and she's got her sexy backless top and she's like, you know, she's got her head down but her eyes are up and she's giving me him, she's giving him the fuck me eyes, let's just say it. And they're talking, they're talking and she goes, you're not like Melissa's other boyfriends. He goes, how am I different? <laughs> how am I different? <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, where are they for dinner? And she goes, I actually like you. It's that's like, how you're different. Spencer, that's actually, that's not different from the last boyfriend. <laughs> you actually always like Melissa's boyfriend. Yeah, you like them a little too much, a little too much, Spence. Yeah. In the words I mean, of Allie. Maybe Allie should have been 
I mean, I guess we'll get to the alley moment with this. But we'll get there. In fact, let's get there. I'm so excited to break this next we scene have down. Aria starting through the halls of Rosewood High. Knobby knees. Waif of a girl. She's tiny. We assume that this is early in the morning before school, but I'm not convinced. It looks like after yeah, school. I assume. I know. No, it's definitely in the morning before school because... Again, we were just at a dinner scene, the scene before. But that's why I've always been confused. I just explained it to you. <laughs> okay. My God. Okay. Anyway, so they're talking. No, I need to talk about something. Okay. All right. The board. What is written on the board? Okay, so here's what's written on the board. We, we know they're reading To Kill a Mockingbird. The board says Atticus. Voice of reason, question mark. Underneath it, it says scout. Moral or amoral? This is not an accident, people. Yes, thank you, English major. I appreciate it. Um, uh, I guess... Do you want me to break it down <laughs> since I'm the English major? Yeah. Okay, so I think we could go two ways here. Number one, he has Atticus. Atticus is obviously representing Mr. Fitz. He is older. He is wiser. We know this. I also think he probably identifies... He probably, like, reads To Kill a Mockingbird every he's year. Like, he's like, uh... Yeah. I love... Ad like, people ask him what his favorite book character is, and he's probably like... Uh, Atticus Finch. Yes, exactly. And he's he's like, I see myself as a father figure to my students, and I just have so much wisdom, and I'm going to change the world. Yeah, whatever. You are going to change the world. Maybe not in a good way. <laughs> so here's my take on this, and we have a few, few different ways this could go. Number one, he is Atticus, and he's asking, I'm supposed to be the voice of reason. Am I supposed to be the voice of reason? Am I being... The voice of reason. Right, then right, Scout right, right. is obviously Arya. Now, this is also very problematic because in the book, Scout is Atticus's daughter. Literally. And there's no other way to interpret this than that Scout must be Arya. And it says moral or amoral. And so I think what it's happening is he's saying, is it moral? Is our relationship moral? Is she moral? Or is this amoral? He's trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. This is one time he can't be the voice of reason because he is right. so his head and his heart. And that is the end of my dissertation on... The blackboard and pretty little liars. Great. And so Ezra's talking to Arya and he's like, You told me you went to Hollis. She's like, No, I didn't. And she didn't. I still think she was a bit of a liar in that bar. She wasn't fully honest. Which I don't to think me we can call lying. her a liar. Okay, well. Hmm. But um Ezra's like, We can't do this. Things have changed. Arya's like, Nothing changed. Nothing's changed. Literally everything has. You are one of his students. Yes. The day you made out, it was illegal because you're a minor, but it was you weren't his student. Yes. So Ezra's trying to, like, his words are saying that he's against it. His body language. Not so much. He's outstretching his hand. He's, like. He's reaching yes, for he's her. Yes, he's, like, yearning for her. And Arya takes advantage of it. She holds his hand. And the bell rings. She's got to go. Oh, the bell doesn't ring. It doesn't, but maybe it did. And the bell for him, right? His internal bell rang. He said, I got to get up and go. So, yes, this is where we're at with Ezra and Arya. What will happen? Arya seems like she's willing to fight. Arya is willing to fight because she's 16 and she doesn't know any better. And right now he's fighting for his job. And Arya was 16 and didn't know any better. So was the fan base. So we were also ready to fight for We Mr. were Fitz. ready to fight. We were like, this is hot. No one had read fanfic yet. They're like, this is hot. People were like, we need the fanfic. People started writing the fanfic. Oh, I'm absolutely. sure. Actually, After we should find scene. some. Oh, we should read some for sure. Reading. Okay. So funny. That's All my right. homework. So this is Phoebe's favorite scene of Pretty Little Liars. 
Would you like to do the honors of kicking it off? This is the most awkward, like, 45 seconds of television I've ever watched. It's Maya and Emily walking down the street. Arms touching. Literally. Like, grazing against each it other. It can't not be uncomfortable for them. No, it's 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 like that. It's like that good uncomfortable. They're like yeah. that sexual tension, for sure. They're walking. Emily sees... These construction men. She stopped in her tracks. Literally chucking Allison DeLaurentis' things they into said, the dumpster. Fuck this dead girl. Well, she's probably mean to them, honestly. She probably heckled them My on thoughts? other projects. She has no idea who they are. They've never met. <laughs> well, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I can't, but like she terrorized the entire neighborhood. And the everyone nation. knows she's everyone knows she's missing. Everyone knows that's her house. They're probably like, fuck that girl. Maya doesn't know. Maya does know. Emily stops dead in her tracks. She sees this gaggle of construction workers absolutely chucking Allie's belongings. Into an that empty still dumpster. There yesterday, so why were they out there so long? Hard to believe nobody took them. Like maybe a her friends. They could have used them somehow. Come on, girl. Wow, what a missed opportunity. Anyway, Emily basically confesses, I haven't told you everything about that girl. She's missing. Maya sees this as her golden opportunity to yes. get in there. And v- in a very awkward way to me. Like, yeah, why so they're standing that about moment? three inches away from each other. And Maya goes, That must have been so hard for you. And, and then, kisses her. But they both. But they, it's not a kiss. Let's be clear. No, it's a kiss. It's n- I've never considered that a kiss. They kiss. No. They, it's mm, like. They kiss. Should we rewatch it? Okay, so it's not a kiss. It's a very intimate cheek brush with the lips moment that absolutely rocks Emily's world. Emily walks home smiling the entire way Not for smiling. Sure. Smirking. Smirking. And with her eyes, she's like, does this like eye flicker thing? I I couldn't do it if I tried. No, it's, it's like very another Shea Mitchell. Shea Mitchell trademark. So she's stoked. She is yeah, riding she doesn't high. Seem, she does not seem unhappy about it. And literally. she doesn't seem like you would assume because how she acts at the party later. She's this is in public in front of construction workers, and she's not like, oh my god, why would you do that? Like, no, she's like super, super, super into the kiss. She's she's pumped about it. She's like giving her flirty eyes, her smirk for sure. Maya's the one who walks away. Yeah, Maya's like, oh man, she's a boyfriend. Maya, Emily think, hasn't thought of Ben for weeks. I think Maya feels uncomfortable. So Emily showers after practice, walks to the locker room, and we get our second A message. And it says, it's a handwritten note. She is our only liar that does not get a text message. So does that mean that A was in close proximity? Does it mean she was in the locker room or? Maybe Spencer's real close by. Spencer, I think they might be trying to set us up to see it as Spencer in this, in this moment. So would you like to read the The note? The note says, hey, Em, I've been replaced. You found another friend to kiss. A. Which again. Could only be Allie. We're just repeated like it's yes. It's drilling it into us that this must be Allison, that she must not be dead. And something that is also interesting to me in terms of just, again, like the logistics of this show is you now have a handwriting sample from A. Absolutely. But but they can't tell anybody about it. So like she couldn't bring Emily this to anybody. Emily could. Listen, I understand. But she could. No, she couldn't. They say it. They're like... We, I can't go to anybody about this because if she did, people would know she and Allie kissed. People would know she kissed Maya. That's fair. She can't let anybody know. She's, she has a boyfriend, number one. You'd need to let him know. Second of all, she's got this rep to protect. She's 
not ready to come out. Fair enough. So she could not tell anybody. Arya could not tell anybody. That's well, what makes it so powerful sure. is that she's literally using things that she knows. It's so powerful. They would never fucking rat on her. They never would. Or them. Or he. We don't know who A is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're forgetting Phoebe's seen the whole show, so she just told us it's probably not a she. Anyway. This scene makes me want to die. It is arguably the most like sexual scene I've probably seen in this show. That's a big comment to make. I don't know if it is. It's just but maybe one of the most uncomfortable sexual scenes. It's just so like... It's overtly sexual. It's horrible is what it is. Spencer is in a, st- a plaid string bikini, okay? <laughs> Hair up, towel over her shoulder. Ren walks in. Wet. Wet. And he asks her if she had a tough day at school. So he knows she's, she's in, in school. school. Yeah, he does not. He's not confused. No. He's a doctor. He's going to be a doctor. He's not confused. He's not stupid. Right. He's acknowledging the fact that she is in high school. She says, Ugh, field hockey practice. And he offers, naturally, a massage. To give her a massage while they are both basically naked. It's disgusting. He's like breathing on her neck. And Spencer could not be more into Spencer's it. Spencer's like, that feels awesome. Which she's is the like, least sexy she is thing like you could say. breathing so hard. Like, and then, I don't think she's had this type of attention from a man. A Sanzian. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then hark the herald angels sing. Ren? It's her, the she-devil, Melissa. She walks in there in this jacket. She's got first lady energy. Starched. I mean, every single piece of clothing in the Hastings home is starched. <laughs> we have been over that. And she has groceries. And she knows a woman's place is in the home. Exactly. Spencer leaves, gets out of there real quick. Ren is left wanting more. And, and then picks up the sparkling water because he knows he w- he can't leave this here. Right. Melissa will know Spencer was here. So Melissa goes in for a kiss and Ren dodges. He does, but then he dodges in a way that makes me wonder if that was actually blocked, though, I have to say, because she like goes in to kiss him and he's like looking down. And he's like, oh, shit. And goes to oh. kiss her. It's so natural looking. And she like does this big smile. That's and he's very not that good of an actor. Yeah, but I think she does the smile that's very actory. That's like <sighs> after the kiss. And I'm like. I think maybe that miss wasn't supposed to happen, Mm. but adds so much. It only makes sense to begin this section with a shout out to our set and props team. Yes. So Spencer is 16 years old with a Victorian (laughs) style bedroom. I mean, these like thick, like rich burgundy and gold curtains and sheets and like like dark wood Dark cherry wood, everything in her, every piece of furniture, that furniture set is like a dark cherry wood. It's like as if she is working in her mother's room. Or lives in a haunted house. Actually, yes. And and when they get the spooky music and like at the end of the scene when she's going to the window, I'm like, of course you're fucking scared. You literally live in a haunted house. Absolutely. And it's the Hastings house. So that's scary enough. So it's already, yeah. Spencer is, you know, reading to kill a mockingbird, like a good student and it's taking her a long time to read this book yeah, she's still she's about four pages and now yeah, she's just she's, she's not into it laying on her bed white collar shirt vest and a tie the only thing that tells us she's relaxing is that she is not wearing shoes just her socks and that's probably because she's on the bed no she's in the bed so 
<laughs> I'm shocked she ought to have outside clothes on the bed. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if Mrs. Hastings knows about it anyway. She goes, she hears laughter, a uh, raucous laughter. She goes to the window. What does she see? Well, honestly, probably nothing from her window. We see her window <laughs> and it is caked with dirt. It is and filthy. Dust. You can't see a thing out of that window. Y'all did not have Windex on set? Like for Well, they were probably so focused on ironing her sheets. That's true. The dry cleaning. Literally. I mean, because those sheets are not washer dryer friendly. No, let no, me no, tell no. you that. They're probably 50 pounds. It's like a weighted blanket before there were weighted blankets. I mean it. So Spencer walks to the window and she is just watching her older sister make out with her boyfriend. And she's steaming and we have to wonder why. Yes. And Caroline brought up a good point. Is it jealousy for Ren or is that jealousy fueled by just her pure hatred? I think it has to be hatred for Melissa. It's like, I'm so mad at you. You're standing on the threshold of the bar and I spent all summer working on. You're with this guy. I'd be You're pissed. such a bitch. I like, wouldn't have talked to you for a couple of weeks probably. I would be looking. I'd be looking for a way to get back at you. I would have just not talked to you. Well, that's that's what Spencer's doing. That's what I I think. I'm a perfect blend of the Hastings sisters. I I, I think you're right. I'm not ashamed. Okay, so Spencer's, you know, looking, and then she gets an email. Spencer's preferred way of communicating. Absolutely. And how many times a day do you think Spencer uses the word privy? Upwards of 12. Yeah, probably. She definitely like started studying for the SAT vocab section like in sixth grade. Like when she had braces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So Spencer gets her first A message and it says, poor Spencer always wants Melissa's boyfriends. But remember, if you kiss, I tell. A. So the audience now at this moment, we're like, what do you mean she always wants Melissa's boyfriends? Well, don't worry. We get a flashback. And this flashback is iconic. It's savage. And it, you have to kind of come back to it as you keep watching the show and finding out more things. Yes. so Because it makes a lot more sense. Enter Spencer's pilot kitchen. The Hastings kitchen changes. Thank God. Because this is the ugliest kitchen I've ever seen in my entire so life. So does Spencer's bedroom. Yeah, I think they thank get God. an entire new Hastings castle. As they should. And so it's Allison, Hannah, Spencer in the kitchen. Of course, we have it's hefty Hannah, we so have she couldn't possibly fresh baked pan of cookies. And I think it's important to note that Allie and Spencer in bathing suits, Hannah in a sweatshirt. Hannah has absolutely tiny arms. We know she's not <laughs> hefty. I mean, I have to say it. She reaches for a cookie. Allison, like. I mean, I want to use a really bad word. She literally looks at her. She goes, are you really going to eat that, sweetie? Sweetie. (gasps) I'm being a friend. That's the difference between me and Hannah, okay? You might think that we're more similar, but that's the difference. I would have beat her upside the fucking head. No, 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 no. You're not that, Hannah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for saying I'm not. You're Hannah Marin post-Ally dying. Huh. (laughs) Okay. Um, So... As this is happening, we are thankfully distracted from that horrible, awkward moment by Melissa and her ex-boyfriend, Ian. Right. Who is Satan himself. He's a nightmare, dressed like a daydream. Not even. Especially this pilot version. Melissa and Ian walk into the kitchen holding hands, and they all say hi. Ian says, you working on your stance or something i don't play sports (laughs) (laughs) but something for field hockey and melissa goes you're not her babysitter and And he's like oh i know 
oh yeah we're more than that melissa i'm, I'm i don't want to be a babysitter and Allie looks at everybody in the room and shoots daggers and then looks right at spencer and says oh you need to tell your sister oh yeah she says you need oh my god if my friend did this I would be, we wouldn't be friends i mean she, yeah she'd be fucking dead no wonder this girl is dead uh, yeah <laughs> i mean i'll say it she, you need to tell your sister and spencer like literally like i swear almost lunges across the table and stabs her in the head and melissa goes oh, what do you need to tell me <laughs> like so bitchy excellent line reading oh thank you so much spencer looks at Allie and says outside and the way Allie get- walks outside of the door is incredible like she is like a kid in trouble she is a fucking kid She's 14, 13 in this episode in real life. She's like literally 10 years younger. I can't get over it. But you did notice. I did notice the possibly the only moment of comedy in the entire series. Hannah Marin is perfectly framed (laughs) in the sliding glass door behind this intense conversation between Spencer and Allie. And to lighten the mood, what does Hannah begin doing? She starts eating that goddamn cookie. Good for you, Hannah. Absolutely. She's literally like the meme of like someone standing there like eating something, like watching a fight, like eating popcorn, like watching literally. a fight. Like but this, this scene is very important for a lot of reasons because we, it's the first time we hear about the Jenna thing. Absolutely. Wow. And they, okay, I have to say, they could not have thought of a better name than the Jenna thing. Let me tell you, okay, if I knew a girl named Jenna, who like mysteriously went blind one summer. Sorry, spoilers. Mysteriously went blind one summer. And then I heard four girls who have a dead friend <laughs> saying, the Jenna thing. We can't talk about the Jenna thing. I would be like, they're the reason she's blind. I would put the fucking pieces together. Would you not? Oh, prob- well, I don't know if I would, well, but I other would. people would. I sure would. Um, another reason the scene is very important is because it starts to play into the Ali Spencer dynamic, which is the most unique probably of the four because they're very similar. The power struggle. Yes. And some things that we find out later in the series that makes them closer than you could ever Oh, right. Imagine. I do know about this. Yes. And I think Allie knew. That's where we're at. We hear about the Jenna thing. Allie and Spencer talking about how Spencer likes to make out with Melissa's boyfriends. Good for her. Okay, I don't know if you, you as an older sister would have that same Well, demeanor. I'm not really worried that you and Anthony are going to start making out. It, we wouldn't. And neither of you are sneaky enough to pull it off. That is very true. <laughs> Yet another uncomfortable scene. Not uncomfortable, just awkward scene with Emily and Arya is in it. But Emily, I think, is the common denominator in these awkward Emily is awkward scenes. in every single scene she's in. Which I guess is checks out because she has something to hide. She's constantly probably. Oh, you're right. She is the only one with something no, to hide. No, but I mean, she's probably like on guard all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think they all are. Maybe not Hannah. <laughs> Maybe not Spencer. Okay, Arya and Emily. Maybe that's why they gravitate towards each Maybe, other. Maybe, but both? Arya was like a. Arya has no room to be a bitch to anybody, but she was rude to Emily the first time they met. And now they're like back on Arya's porch and Arya's trying to play the nice guy. And she's like, you know, we come here anytime, anytime. but you, you know, we all that. fall out with each other. Yeah. But don't forget that we're not, friends. we're not friends anymore. Anyway. Harsh. So Emily is kind of trying to figure out if maybe any of the other girls are starting to get messages from this a person. And immediately Aria is like, yes, 
But what's so tough is that they can't be like, okay, let's compare. Like that sucks right. because I would be like, wait, show me yours. I'm going to show you mine yeah. and let's try to like figure out who's doing this, but they can't do it. And for Arya especially, because it's not just bringing her and Ezra down, it's her dad and her and yeah. that situation. It's a lot. It's a, it's a heavy weight to bear. And so they're kind of like, should we, Emily says, should we tell someone? And Arya goes, I don't know about you, but, but I can't. I can't. Which is what I was saying earlier. They can't. Exactly. And so. A knows that. Okay, so I have to say this pilot is honestly one of the best first episodes of a TV show I've seen in terms of like the storytelling because it really gives us like each of these girls has like the spotlight on them for a little bit. We really learn a lot about them. We, you know, sympathize with them, but we also see like their flaws and we see how they're all intertwined and it's just a really, really strong pilot. And I think like, I really realize it in this scene with Hannah because they don't they don't like try to like ration out the drama. You know what I mean? Like they give it they to give us you just every enough. single season, and they're not, they don't tell us the entire story about Hannah's dad leaving. No, they're just, just they're giving enough. it to us like in crumbs, but they're not right. saying like, "Oh, we've done enough in this episode." So like, we don't need to do anything else dramatic. We'll save the Hannah stuff for the next episode. They're like, "No, we're gonna do it all here." But each of these girls is a story that we're gonna like slowly. There's unravel. so much more under the surface that we can expand on later. Yeah, which I just think is great. But so in this scene, we get this glimpse at Hannah's home life, and I also think this scene's really good because we see a lot of like subtext. Like, there's they're not talking about what's happening, but it's very like telling. So first. They've ordered takeout chicken Caesar salads. Yes. A goat move. We see Hannah's mom. This is the first we're seeing of Hannah's mom. Hate the bangs. Hate the bangs. Love the woman. And she is taking like half of the salad out of. And she's putting the salad onto a plate. She's moving the salad from the box to a plate. But But you're not taking the whole salad. And it's a salad. So it's like At first I was like, oh, that's weird. They're not taking the whole salad because they're always dieting. They're very, very into their appearance, their weight. And then we see Hannah at the dinner table as they're talking, picking the croutons out of her salad and moving them to the side so she doesn't have to eat them. But nothing is ever said about either of these two things, which I think is what makes it like so great. It's like these little things. If Mm -hmm. you're not really watching for it, you might miss it. But it tells you a lot about like their relationship and like their also their relationship like with food. And at this point, we don't know that Hannah's called Hefty Hannah at this point, but we've seen... That she's there's definitely clearly, lost weight. She cle- was not the it girl before. Exactly. And we see that Allie makes slight comments, but we don't know the full story yet until we get our A message. Well, and we do have Aria has that moment where she's like, that's Hannah? Oh, right, right, right. In like we a do. very offensive way. Um, so they're eating dinner. Spencer texts Hannah, all caps, signed text, which Caroline says isn't weird, but I do think it's no, bizarre. No, it's weird, but we have to remember that these girls have grown apart, like they haven't spoken in like a year. Hannah probably got a new phone because she's being cooler now. Right. So like <laughs> she genuinely might not have had Spencer's phone number. Anyway, whatever. I think it's weird. There's a knock on the door. Ashley Marin gets a phone call, so Hannah has to go answer it. It's who else than Darren Wilden, our cop. And an unnamed police officer. Darren Wilden, the worst ever, probably. I hate him so much. But he's got that like kind of hot bad boy yeah. vibe that's common with cops, I would say. Like in television shows, they're always like the bad boy, which I don't think that's real. Because if that was real, they'd be more likable. I love a bad boy. Wilden opens the door and he says to Ashley, who comes up to the door behind Hannah. Hannah. No, but she says he says that it- Well, first he asks Hannah, are you Hannah Marin? Oh, right. Which I honestly, we need to look up the protocol, but I don't think... Oh, absolutely not. He's really allowed to ask that. And then... then Ashley Marin Ashley comes, comes to the up door. from behind her. Says, "What's going on?" 
Wilden says, we have your daughter for theft. She stole a pair of sunglasses in the mall. And he immediately basically handcuffs her. Like He literally is, her mom was like, yeah, this has to be a mistake. And he's like, no, it ain't. So. And he has Hannah turn around and handcuffs her. And I just absolutely don't think what they should have done is like meet us at the station or like, do you want to come with us in the like, car? Can but we like, ask you a few questions? Yeah, like she's a minor. Innocent until proven guilty, bitch. Yeah. They handcuff the minor. Exactly. So they take her to the station. She's sitting in a chair. You see that Ashley and Wilden are talking. Wilden shuts the door. Hannah goes to pick up a handful of candy, gets a text. Drops every piece of candy back into the bowl, which is... As if she's living this carefree life, never knowing of any pandemic. Lucky bitch. It's so vile that she did that, regardless of the pandemic. Anyway, she gets a text. It is also, of course, an A text. And what does A have to say to Hannah? Probably the one that makes me want to cry the most out of all of these. Well, in this episode, but there is one that A does to Hannah that, like, actually, I can't even watch it. <laughs> but I think also there's a big difference between the text that A is sending to the other girls because the text that A is sending to the other girls, this is about something that you did. Like This own, is about how that. Hannah looked. Well, it is about, you know, she's going to prison because she did something bad, but it's mostly about like your biggest secret, your biggest problem is that you're like a former fat kid. Right. So Hannah's text says, be careful, Hannah. I hear prison food makes you fat. A, which is so mean and makes Hannah feel so bad. But she doesn't have very much time to feel bad about it because immediately every cop in Rosewood starts running out of the precinct. It's time to go. Followed by her mother who rushes Hannah out and they're sitting in the car. And and she says, you know, like any mother, like she pulls a cry of fields. So, you know, she asks Hannah, like, is this because of your dad? Is this a cry for help? And Hannah's like, I made a mistake. But we were watching this and we brought up like I think an important point like no kid knows they're crying for help when they're crying right. for help so like why even ask Hannah that although obviously it's clear that that's she is looking for it. attention but so yeah they are her mom's like I buy you everything you need to be popular and in that moment I thought of our own mother <laughs> who tries her best absolutely and it's more than enough and mom also, if you're listening we also thought about our dad and how he would have reacted had we been in this situation because Ashley says you will deny anything ever happened. And my first thought was, if this was one of us, our father would have paraded us around our, our hometown in an orange jumpsuit. With a megaphone, like, yelling out, like, exactly like they, what we they did. They stole sunglasses. Yeah. Our our mom, literally, like, she wouldn't be my first phone call if I was arrested. Oh, my God. Absolutely not. I'd have to get out of jail before I could really like think about how it's gonna because even just car accidents like I'm like literally who else could I call Phoebe's had four three thanks oh just just three (laughs) just three she's been driving for like not even five years we find out where all those damn cops were headed they were headed to well now the St. Germain household but at one former De Laurentiis home yes and how is this scene started with my favorite song in the whole series Oh, it just takes a minute for my world to come crumbling down. Yeah, Emily's theme song. Obviously, not what we want her theme song to be, but... It's iconic. It really is. I definitely think that that made it its way onto one of my playlists. Oh, absolutely. But I do have to say that I think, okay, and this is controversial. Oh, boy. But I do think they could have switched the song for the funeral scene, this song, and that song, and it 
actually might have even worked better. No, the funeral scene is uh, no. I completely disagree. Okay, but think about well, maybe the, the scene at the house with that song. I do agree, but the funeral scene would not have worked with the other one. And I, th- I do also wonder if. I mean, I doubt it, but maybe they knew they were going to use that song for another death that happens later. Yeah, probably Emily's theme, which is so sad. It's so sad. But so we all the girls are starting to arrive, and they see As, along with. The entire yeah, day of the, Rosewood. The whole town is just... There's no shame in how bad no, they want to know what's going Emily on. And Emily has no regard for the fact that people are, like, respecting boundaries of the law enforcement. Emily barrels right through and finds Maya. And Maya says, they found your friend. And Emily goes, oh, my God. I knew she'd be back. Is, is she, she inside? inside? Bitch, this Emily. isn't her house anymore. <laughs> Even if she was alive, she wouldn't be in there. Also, like, look around you for a sec. Yeah, probably everyone's not. here to see her. Co- well, I mean, everyone honestly, probably, probably would have been there to see her been because like egged if she walked out of the Saint no, Germain I'm, house. I mean, because she'd been missing for a year. That's what I mean. I don't. I don't think she'd be egged. I think everyone would be like, "Oh my no. god, we're so glad you're alive." I don't think a lot of Rosewood felt that way. I think everyone loves a crime. They would come together for that. Fair enough. Anyway, then we see Hannah arrive. We see Arya arrive. We don't we see, see Spencer s- arrive, but we do see Spencer. We see Spencer. <laughs> Shrouded in darkness, <laughs> a single beam of white light coming down the center of her face all the way down to her toes. The only she way looks, we know it's Spencer is because of the collar of her shirt. It's jarring. It's and shocking. She, she's standing. She looks very much like a kid at their parents' doorway, like having to tell them. I just throw up. up. Like that is what she looks like. She also looks like someone capable of murder. Let's just Absolutely. say it. Absolutely. So Arya goes. She's like, I don't need to come any closer. I know what's happening. <laughs> I know what they found. <laughs> Under the gazebo? Thought so. <laughs> um, so Arya goes up and sees her. Immediately throws Hannah under the bus and says, heard they took Hannah to the police station today. You don't think she told her about the Jenna thing? Enter Hannah Marin. She said, we made a promise. So fucked up. You blinded a girl. But this is clearly what comes back and is going to bring them all back together. It is what drove them apart and brings them back together is the death and the closure of Alison De Laurentiis, but also the secrets aren't over. You know, they're not just worried about what someone could think about the disappearance of Allie. They have to worry about the Jenna thing. Right. So all this happens. We see the body bag. Well, we leave. have a funeral to get to. We really do. And it's one of the most amazing Pretty Little Liar moments in all seven seasons, probably. Honestly, a really impressive ending for a pilot. So we get to the best scene of the whole pilot and probably one of the best like final scenes of any pilot I've seen. It's also one of my favorite just Pretty Little Liars scenes. I could watch it over and over and over again. It's like perfectly timed with the different characters and the music and like the text. Like everything is just it like literally runs like a well-oiled machine, I would say. They really put like all of their best cinematography, directorial experience into this like one section of the show. And I feel like there are the stakes are so high for a pilot, like especially for the last scene, because if people don't like it, if people don't like want to know what happens next, the show does not continue. So like I think that it they just like nailed it, honestly. And so it starts, you know, they're all walking in, Arya's standing like in the stairwell. Looking out the window and... A stained glass window. Which I don't believe she can see out of, but nevertheless, she's watching everyone or pretending she's watching everyone come in and Mr. Fitz approaches her. For some reason, Mr. Fitz is at this funeral. Does not know Allison. 
just started teaching at Rosewood. And to be quite honest, not sure if he even stays for the funeral. It kind of is like he like goes because he knows Ari is going to be there. Yeah. And then he's like pissed she walks away and then yeah, we don't that's see a good, him again. I wonder if that is why he went. We should ask him. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so he asks her if she knew her well and apologizes for, you know, staying away from her and for being a jerk and about Allison and Aria being so mature and just, you know, what she's an old soul. She, she would call herself oh, an old for soul. sure. I'm not, I'm just not like other girls. No, she, again, pick me, pick me, pick me through and through. And so she gives him this like dramatic kiss on the cheek and she starts to walk away and then. But also like walking away just slow enough. Like well, she's also, like kind of like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And <laughs> if you if pay attention me? to like the direction that she's walking, she's like going to walk straight, straight into, into the, the wall. wall. <laughs> <laughs> she's not about to go down the steps. She's like, I have been instructed by the director to start walking away, but don't get far enough that he can't grab you. And then Ian Harding goes in for the grab. I know. He like grabs like, her arm. You can like her. see his hand like squeeze around her arm. Literally, he yanks her like a rag doll, which she's about the size of a rag doll. Literally. So. But let me tell you. The audience was Loved reached. It. <laughs> was reached Loved with this it. scene. Ate it up. They make out. They pace their kissing so well. Yeah. That it is like so believable. Lots of starts and stuff. Yes. It also isn't believable because she's 16. Well, that's fair. But like and I'm to 11 year old Phoebe again, who, did, who thought that this was <laughs> 16, I was like, yeah. oh my God. I just feel like a 16 year old doesn't kiss like a 23 year old that way. You well, know what I mean? Like they shouldn't be kissing. The same way. They shouldn't be kissing, period. They shouldn't be, that's the main <laughs> thing, I guess, is that they shouldn't be kissing at all. But Arya is the one, ultimately. Again, we go back to that scout, moral or amoral. Mm-hmm. Why is she more the voice of reason than he is, like half the time? Honestly, yeah. he's like fucking with her a lot. And she's the one who like first breaks away from that kiss. He is his mouth is a gape at the top he of the stairwell. Absolutely. Also, astounded. let's talk about where this kiss is happening. Fully on a oh, stairwell. That's where I was that like at. every single parent at that funeral had to have been looking up watching that happen. And I think I've mentioned this before, but every single one of these girls like has zero shame in the things they're doing. So like Hannah is fully just like walking yeah. out of the mall with the Gucci sunglasses, like literally like, smirking at the security guards. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer's kissing her sister's boyfriend in her bedroom with the door open. Arya's now kissing her teacher at the funeral where everybody in, another, in Rosewood another is. another public place in Rosewood. Literally, like, everyone is walking. And it's like, you know those steps are, like, in the entrance of the yeah. church. And so all, everyone's like, walking through there. The most well-attended funeral probably ever. Probably, it's like, every single person in Rosewood is there, whether they knew her or not. And it's yeah. like... These are their massive secrets, and it makes them <laughs> so anxious whenever they get a text about it. And it's like, yes, girl, that's a good point. Like, why are you like, like of I know, course everybody knows. I'm like, okay, so just go to the police. You're not doing a great job keeping half of the stuff secret. A could literally be anyone at this point because you are so fucking it's probably bad all of Rosewood. Like, you <laughs> guys are stupid. They're like, let's team up because I need these girls so much. Anyway, so she walks down the steps. Mr. Fitz is astounded that she would do such a thing right. and it drives him freaking crazy yeah so aria walks into the funeral she's greeted by mrs de Laurentiis, who's like i want you girls to sit in the front and they all go sit in the front together as if there's no awkwardness really between them hannah grabs aria's hand which i always think is interesting because hannah could not have been meaner to aria i know like that's what i'm saying like none of them are like there's there's awkwardness throughout the whole show until we get to like this point and they're like Suddenly, and it's not just like pleasantries, it's like they're actually yeah, like, like holding it her seems hand. Normal. Hannah 
again, back to the like being so like recklessly bold, Hannah pulls a fucking flask from her <laughs> purse. And the, okay, in the front row of the church and like not trying to hide it from anyone, she hands it to Emily. Like, I don't know why she skipped Aria or Spencer, but she well, hands Emily it to Emily. particularly solemn. Yeah, well, so yeah, so she hands it to Emily and Emily's like, no thanks, I don't. Bitch, you don't what? You don't drink? But <laughs> you, you smoke hot with Maya? I don't believe you for a goddamn second. You're not going to go to that party neither, at Noel Khan's house next neither week? Neither does Hannah, because Hannah says, today, you do. Today, I think you do. And that is what we call peer pressure. So Mrs. De Laurentiis comes and sits down next to the girls and is immediately ready to gossip. Very Alison De Laurentiis. She sits down and she says, did you see Jenna Marshall's here? Yes, Jenna Marshall from The Jenna Thing. Yes, the blind girl. entered the chat, has entered the church. It, and absolutely. With Toby on her arm. And she's causing a scene. It's the first time we see her, right? Since yes, we've heard about exactly. The Jenna Thing. The entire church is like a buzz, which is ridiculous because she is blind, not deaf. She can hear all of you talking yes. about her. But she's, also, like, I feel like they probably haven't seen her. Like, she's come out... like. She was blinded like within basically the last year, like a year ago. Yeah. And now this might be the first time that they're really seeing right, her. She went away. She went yeah. to Philly. So Mrs. De Laurentiis is like automatically like, who fucking invited this bitch? Were they even friends? And Spencer goes, no. <laughs> no, they weren't, Mrs. De Laurentiis. Do you want me to go kick her out? Yeah, Spencer's <laughs> like, I have no problem asking her to leave. I actually have no. My mom's a lawyer and I have no problem this asking her to leave. This is actually so disrespectful. This is a closed I'm event. I'm going to ask her to show me her invitation. Mr. Fitz and, and Officer Wilden, you guys stay but Jenna <laughs> and, and knock off Toby. We Oh, and then of course, we can't forget, Aria gets a text and everyone in the pew shutters They're even pissed. though no but everybody in the church is pissed that oh, her phone is every on. single actor these extras were told exactly what to fucking do and they they understood the assignment but it's just a text from aria's mom um, but it's enough to trigger everyone so that they're like, so should we talk about the elephant in the room? And they realize they're all getting these texts from A. Yes. So the funeral ends and like Spencer and Hannah said it was a scene that Allie would have loved. She would have popular in life and death. And I love that. And I kind of want that on my tombstone. Popular in life and death. Noted. Yeah. Take notes for my funeral. But I want a pink casket. None of that bullshit. And I want them to carry me. Well, okay, wait. Okay. This is also important to note. That casket is in the church before the funeral starts, which is not typical of a funeral. Typically, that casket is carried down the aisle by like their loved ones. And so it makes me wonder... I have a theory that maybe there's no one in that casket and that's why they couldn't have anyone carry it down because the people would have been like, why is this so I light? Do, like, she's not in here. I do agree that maybe there's not anybody in there, but I'm not entirely convinced it's it's like anything sinister. I think it's more that they need her body for like Oh yeah, they're not done stuff. with that. Cause they, oh, that's true. They just found the body. So, but it's just interesting. You know, I, I want to be absolutely carried down. So if you oh. have to wait, you wait. Okay. You have to wait for the autopsy <laughs> to be done because I know I'll die mysteriously. <laughs> if you have to wait, I that's okay. Okay. Cool. Um, and so the funeral ends. They're all walking out. Phoebe thinks they all look incredibly suspicious. They look a little bit nervous, on edge. They're very. They're like walking two by two and like linked arms. And something interesting. We have our ballet f- ballet flats in the front, heels in the back. No, 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 no. We have our ballet flats in the back where they belong, oh, and heels the heels in the, in the front. Yeah. Do we think that was a wardrobe decision because spencer and emily are absolutely taller? it's about their heights yes okay absolutely but it's really unfortunate and for them they're the two that i would most believe would wear the flats yeah that's also but true. also they are significantly i mean lucy hale is Lucille like three is feet like three tall feet. <laughs> she's literally like an elf so 
She absolutely must be in heels. She's so pretty. She's so pretty. She's like striking. But she is. Sure, pick her up. Yeah. Anyway, so they're walking (laughs) out. I don't think they look suspicious. I think they just look emotionally exhausted, which would make perfect sense. That's true. I don't know. They look a little sus to me. And I think Wilden feels the same way. He sure did. The four of them walk to the corner. They're ready to go mourn. And um, Wilden approaches them and they're talking. And he informs them that this is no longer a missing person investigation. It is a murder. A murder investigation. He's going to have to interrogate each of them one by one, make sure their stories match, which would scare the absolute shit out of me. But... They know he's going to do it. They have time to prepare. And they have prepared. And they have prepared. And we will see that in the next episode. But one of the best moments, I think, of this scene is when the music stops. Yes, he says his line. And he says. It's a murder. I'm going to find out what happened that summer. And rest assured, I will find out what happened that summer. And then the music starts again. And Emily has this look on her face and the way that they... Have the girls standing with oh the camera. Oh my God. Work. Yeah, Emily's just like slightly in front She's of the girls. She's just like, nah, 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 nah. Oh my God. It's, it's perfect. It's like and the beat drops before yes, EDM. Exactly. So the camera goes back over and follows Wilden as he's walking away, leans up against a tree. As soon as he does that, Toby and Joe Boom. walk out of the church, get into the car. It's incredible. Then we come back to the girls. They're now in a semicircle. All of their phones ring. I have to say, I don't know why the fuck they didn't just get out of there. Like, Wilden says this. I would have been like, okay, let's go get lunch right now so we can talk about what the fuck well, we're going to do. They just stand looked, on the corner. Well, I think if they had stayed, it maybe looked like they were waiting for their parents. If they had just left as soon as that conversation was over, it would have looked like exactly that. But then he wouldn't have seen them all receive a text at the very same time and look extremely guilty because they're all, like, looking over their shoulders That's and true. shit after that. So, like, I think, honestly, it would have been less incriminating if they just got the hell well, out of I'm there. Well, I'm sure they weren't, at this point, they weren't anticipating the A texts. Well, I don't fucking know why not. If I was getting texts from A, I would be on my toes at all times. <laughs> I wouldn't be sleeping. Well, for Emily and Spencer, they're still just receiving their A messages via carrier Email pigeon. and carrier. <laughs> yeah, and an owl. <laughs> they're just sending it by like, owl. Wait, they have your phone number? Oh, my God. My Emily's like, combo. I don't have a phone. My mom took mine. <laughs> Anyway, um, I was like, she, I was watching the Beyonce video too much. My mom actually took my phone away. I actually told my mom that yeah. I was watching the Beyonce a Ever too since much. that happened, I haven't been, as long as Beyonce is releasing new music, I don't have a phone. <laughs> my, my phone's schedule syncs up with her release schedule. But yeah, anyway, they all get a text from A and that text says, I'm still here, bitches. And, and I know, I know Everything. everything and they all read it in unison so then it just pans out we see the chaos everybody leaving the funeral we see the girls looking around scared right. Wilden is still on the tree just watching them yep and then we they bring us right back into the church we just take one last look at Allie's photo smiling so innocently like yes. a 13 year old girl does absolutely it's important to note this is not an a scene this is just a last view and when do we start getting the A scene? Next episode. Well, no. To Kill a Mockingirl, I think, is the episode, episode we get three. it. Yeah. Those are awesome. I always used to be so excited to wait for the A scene. And they scenes. would scare the hell out of me, me as a too, kid. Me too, because you never fucking knew. I know. And the hands it's and bad. the gloves. It's bad. Um, okay, so and that's the end of the episode. So they yes. definitely, you know, they, they went out with a bang. They left us wanting more. And we are certainly going to get more, maybe more than we asked for. All right, so before we close out this week's episode, we are going to read the synopsis. Did I say that word right? Synopsis? Did you say synopsis? I don't know. Synopsis. It didn't sound right when I said it. Synopsis. I'm going to read the synopsis. (laughs) Say say synopsis again. (laughs) 
<laughs> so next week we'll be recapping the Jenna thing. The circumstances surrounding Allison's disappearance continue to haunt Arya, Emily, Spencer, and Hannah as questions arise about the night she went missing. The return of Jenna Cavanaugh to Rosewood makes the girls face an unpleasant past. Love it. I did not realize that Hannah's name was spelled H-A-N-N-A, which is so like sassy. Of her. It's perfect. It's, I you, wonder if I she bet, had the H. I was just going <laughs> to say that she dropped it. She said, I'm dropping the H for hefty. That second H is for hefty. I'm dropping it. Um, and I also have to say, we get like our little, you know, photo teasing us for the following episode. And what do we see? On Aria Montgomery's body. A vest. A vest. And let me actually tell you something. Is there no Spencer piece? Spencer looks great. I like this outfit. She for looks Spencer. great. She looks like a paralegal. But I <laughs> like she's she she's like interning. A Georgetown like law student. Yeah, she's in college. And I it's, guarantee you, next week, you can quote me on this. I guarantee you, she's wearing Oxford like loafers with no socks. Okay, but we do see that the like cuff on her blazer does not match the blue of her button down. I don't know how our mom or Melissa, Melissa, I'm just going to (laughs) say, if Melissa had seen her that morning, she would have slapped her. She would have backhanded her across the face (laughs) and said, change, bitch. So yeah, that's about it. Thank you guys so much for listening to our very first pretty little podcast. We are going to try to get on some kind of a release schedule. So if you're sticking with us and we do have our Instagram up, it is pretty underscore little underscore pod. Hopefully that has whet your appetite for what's to come. All right. So I'm Phoebe. I'm Caroline. And and this this was the Pretty Pretty Little Little Podcast. Podcast.